so great to be here this morning and to look out and see all your lovely faces. I'm Diane Thatcher. I'm one of the pastors here, in case um, you're not sure who I am. And uh, if you're watching online, it's so great that you're joining us. And um, I just hope that this will be a time that we can kind of focus our thoughts and just kind of think about what God has for us today. I'm going to set this down. I, have a, I had a feeling I'm going to need this one sip of water later, so I'm going to put that right there. <laughs> uh, we have been um, talking, as you see in the bumper video, and Mark has expressed um, a series called A Thrill of Hope. And we talked about, it's taken from, uh, if you haven't caught on yet, from the Christmas carol, O Holy Night. And it talks about, we talked about a weary world rejoices, and we said that we need to be able to move from weariness to wonder. And then we talked, Pastor Mark talked about a thrill of hope, and he he talked about the hope of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. And, and then each week we've been focusing. So if you've been paying attention, so we've a weary world rejoice, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for, anybody know the song? Yonder breaks, new and glorious morn. I knew you'd get it. Good job. So let me ask you, how are you doing today? Are you finding the wonder? Are you holding on to hope? Or are you in need of hope just to hold on to you? As Pastor Mark said last week. I may not know what all you are dealing with today, but I do know that each of us here is dealing with something. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something at school. Maybe it's something at home. Maybe it's managing expectations. Maybe it's uh, dealing with anxiety, maybe it's trying to um, repair broken relationships, maybe it's walking through the grief of losing someone or a broken heart. Maybe you're at a crossroads in your life and you're just not sure what is the next step to take. Maybe this Christmas season has you yearning for that promise of a new day. Anyone else ready for a new and glorious morn? <laughs> True confession, I am so ready for a new and glorious morn, right? Um, you know, I remember this time last year how hopeful we were for 2021. Because we were like, you know, we were so excited. It's going to be 2021. And really, 2021 had one job, right? It had one job, and that was to not be 2020. <laughs> and I think it let us, it didn't do its job, let us down. But I find myself yearning for that new day. And if you'll let me quote from my favorite theologian, Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> she said, isn't it nice that tomorrow is a new day with nothing, with no mistakes in it yet? Did I say it right? Yeah. There is something about a new day. Every morning, every time we open our eyes, we get a new chance, a fresh start, a day filled with opportunities and chances, second chances. About nine years ago, my husband Richard and I, we took a trip out west, and we went through the badlands of South Dakota. Anybody been in that area? Isn't it like wild? It's like you almost feel like you're on another planet when you're there. Like, did we go to the moon? But it was gorgeous, just beautiful, open, rugged spaces. And when we were there, one of the things, and we, don't, we never did this, but one of the things we started doing when we were there I think because you could just see the horizon. We started getting up and watching the sunrise. 
every morning. Uh, that wasn't a habit we kept, but, <laughs> but we did it while we were there. And you could see the whole horizon begin to change from purple to orange to gold. And this is not like a, it's kind of washed out on this big screen. And I <laughs> took it, so that's probably another reason it looks like that. But the sunsets were just glorious. And I'm not a morning person, but there's something hopeful about the dawn of a new day. So we're talking about the promise of a new and glorious morning. And I have, to, I have to tell you that when I was a child, the promise of a new and glorious morning at this time was Christmas. To be more exact, it wasn't just Christmas. It was what was under the tree at Christmas. <laughs> and it was the most glorious moment, most glorious day, most glorious morning of the year for me. Nothing came close to it as a child. And I grew up one of seven kids. And we lived in a small house, and my parents went for quantity over quality. <laughs> so, so they would wrap a lot of gifts. None of them were like that great. But we each had four or five. I should have said, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> they were wonderful. Uh, but you know what I made. They, they, they went out and they bought some gifts, and it was fun. But the fun part was we each had our piles of four or five gifts in a small living room. And so the whole living room just looked like it was you know, piled full of wrapped Christmas gifts. And we had this rule in the house that no one could go downstairs until mom and dad were up on Christmas morning. And that killed me. And so I would sneak out of my bed, and we had um, stairs that had like six stairs and then a landing and then six stairs down into the living room. And I would sneak out of bed and I would sit on that landing and I would peer through the banisters. And I would just look at that room filled with all of those gifts. And I would just, oh, oh, oh. And then I would just go back to bed, and that was it. Wrong! <laughs> of course, I waited, I waited, waited, and then we'd go down. I just dove in, opened every gift that I could find that had my name on it. And uh, we have a... Yeah, don't you love that? That was what it was, pure joy. I love that picture. We get it, right? All the trappings, all the gifts, all the Hallmark movies, all the decorations, all the parties, all the splendors of Christmas are wonderful. But it can lull us into forgetting what we're really celebrating at Christmas. When everything around us says that Jesus is just one part of the Christmas story, we have to remind ourselves that Christmas is just one part of the Jesus story. So today we're going to look uh, take a closer look at one part of the Jesus story. And we're going to be um, talking about some of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, but one that we don't often talk about too much. And when we think about uh, the birth of Jesus, we think about the nativity, we think about Mary and Joseph and the manger and the angels and the shepherds. And then we rush right ahead to the wise men. But we kind of skip over some of the things that happen in between. So I want to slow down a bit, look at the Gospel of Luke. And Luke tells us about two people who have lived most of their lives praying and yearning for the promise of a new day. And their names are Simeon and Anna. And just a little backstory: after Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph are following all the rituals and the laws for new parents of a firstborn son. And so when Jesus is eight days old, he's circumcised, he's given the name Jesus, just as the angel said. And then... Um, Later, we read that Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
And I want to read to you from Luke 2, 25, beginning at 25. It says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout, and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arm and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. What a cool passage of scripture. Can't you just see this like playing out? Can't you just imagine it in your mind? Here's Simeon, and we're told that he's righteous and devout, not devoted to God. Think of that when you think of this word devout. And he's eagerly waiting for the Messiah. In fact, sometime uh, in his life, we're told, Luke tells us, he's had this promise from God that he's not going to die until he has seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, we don't know how long he had to wait. Don't you wonder if it, uh, it, how long, you know, how many years did he have to wait for God to fulfill this promise? And can you imagine him walking through the town and through the temple every day and, and he would be searching faces in the crowd and he would be thinking to himself, is today the day? Could today be the day? Am I going to see him today, the Lord's Messiah? But the, what we do see from Luke is that we don't know how much time has gone past, but we see that Simeon never loses hope. And in English, uh, in the New Living Translation, it says he's eagerly waiting. And in the Greek, it uses this word that um, it's, um, I don't know if I can say it right, pros dekomai. But dekomai means waiting, and pros is, uh, means forward. And so if you want to literally say it, it's kind of like he's waiting forward. And I kind of love that image, that he's waiting forward to see what God is going to do in anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. And in my mind, I just picture him, you know, as this white-haired man, white hair, and, uh, and maybe a little stoop-shouldered, and he's making his way through the streets towards the temple, and friends are calling out, but he can't stop because he has to get to the temple. He has a sense of urgency in his spirit because somehow he knows today is the day. And finally, his prayer is answered. Simeon takes the baby in his arms. He thanks God, now, Lord, can you let your servant die in peace? For I have seen with my own eyes your salvation. And there is a picture of Simeon by Ron Dickiani, I think is how you pronounce the name. But I love this picture of Simeon holding Jesus. Simeon's been waiting his whole life for the Jewish Messiah to come. But somehow, as he holds Jesus in his arms... The Holy Spirit reveals to him that God's salvation is not just for Israel. It's not just for the Jewish people, but that it is for all people. It is for all the world. And just like that, the promise of a new and glorious morn becomes a present reality. Emmanuel, God with us. And think about this, that God saw the suffering that humanity was going through. And his plan was not to get rid of the suffering, but to 
come into the world and to come into our suffering. Emmanuel, God with us. The message in John 1.14 says it this way, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The carol says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Simeon says, now I can die in peace for I have seen your salvation. I don't know how long you have been waiting for God to show up. But the good news is you don't have to wait any longer. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. We have a Savior who comes to forgive our sins and to save us because we cannot save ourselves. In Matthew 121, it says, The virgin will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is not only born to us, he is born in us when we believe. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. See, the celebration of Christmas is that Jesus stands ready to give birth to a new and glorious morn in your heart and in your life if you will openly embrace him just like Simeon did with that baby and put your trust in him. 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. See, Jesus is not only born in us, he is born for us to help us live with all of the fullness life has to offer in Christ. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, that's the wonderful reality of Emmanuel, God with us. Do you need wisdom? Direction? Comfort? Encouragement? You have a wonderful counselor. Do you need forgiveness? Do you need relationships restored? Do you need healing? Do you need saving? You have a mighty God who is ready and able to forgive, to save, to work in miraculous ways in your life and in your heart. Do you have self-doubts? Do you question your worth? Do you ever feel unloved or unwanted? Do you ever feel like you don't belong? You have an everlasting Father. He is in your corner. He is fighting for you. He is loving you as only he can, longing to spend time with you. You probably heard this before, but if he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. You have a Godfather for all time who loves you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Do you worry about things out of your control? Do you ever have anxiety or anxious thoughts? Do you have trouble sleeping? Do you know that you belong to the Prince of Peace? 
Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. This is our present reality of this is the new and glorious morn that Jesus ushered in when he came. But if you're like me, sometimes it feels like you're just not living in the reality of that new and glorious morn. Why is that? <laughs> because our world is messed up, right? <laughs> it is, it's messed up. But one thing that we, we learned in Grief Share as we were going through that, it said peace and pain can coexist. And it's not easy living in that tension between that new and glorious morn that God has for us and this weary and crazy world that we live in all around us. But we can have joy and struggles, and we can have peace and pain. They can coexist. And that probably is the greatest witness to the reality of God with us. And we need to hold on to that today. Sometimes it's choosing a mindset as well. Um, some of you know, and, and, and I, I, I kind of use this because I, I've learned so many lessons from it, but about five years ago, I was diagnosed um, with stage three cancer, and I went through chemo and radiation. Um, when I was going through um, the chemo, uh, that was tough. Um, when I was going through the radiation, that was even tougher. I had five months of chemo. I had six weeks of radiation. It was radiation every day, five days a week for six weeks. And, uh, and there were times when I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. But as you were going through the radiation, you're kind of sitting in this waiting room. Everybody's kind of sitting there together. And you, <laughs> you know, hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, I'm okay. And you go into your, to your radiation treatments. But there is a bell on the wall. And when you finish your treatments, you get to ring that bell. And so... Sometimes I would sit there and I would think, I am going to ring that bell. And I would want to quit because things were hard. But I'd think to myself, I want to ring that bell. But I want to tell you this, there were days when I thought, I don't care about that dang bell. Can I say that? <laughs> I just want out of here. I just want this to stop. But you know what would happen? Somebody else would finish treatment and they would ring that bell. And hope would start to rise again inside of me. Somebody else finished. I think I can do this. I think I can get through this. I'm going to ring that bell. You saw 10 little kids ringing the bells this morning. But it's, sometimes it's a mindset. When I walked out of the treatment, they said, well, you have 40% chance of being here in five years. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> And I thought to myself, okay, I can choose to live in fear and worry for the next five years. And I kind of had moments. Or I can choose to live as though I'm healed for the next five years. So sometimes we have a choice of a mindset of how we're going to live in this new and glorious morning that God has given to us. And uh, Mark and I were talking the other day, and he was asking me, well, what was the day... What's that five-year day? And I was saying December 31st because I was just like, I just wanted that year to be over. And when I realized it was actually December 20th, so it'll actually be tomorrow. will be five years. 
Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yes, that's me ringing the bell. Yes, there we go. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe you're sitting here and you're, it's all you can do just to be here. And you know what? That's okay. What I want to say to you is don't give up. Look around. Because you're not in this by yourself. We're in this together. Reach out to someone. Because I guarantee you that someone else will be more than willing to ring that bell of hope for you until you can ring it for yourself. In our passage in Luke, Simeon rings the bell of hope for Anna. And let's just see real quick her encounter with Jesus. It says Anna was a prophet, and she was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. I hope no one writes that about me someday. <laughs> her husband died when they had, she had been married only seven years. She lived as a widow to the age of 84, and she never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. So she got married maybe, what, 13, 14? She was married for seven years, so let's say 20, and then she was a widow for 84. So this woman is like 104 years old, and she is living at the temple, and she is spending her day praying and fasting. She has a passion to see the new and glorious morn. And Luke tells us that, you know, this intensity of passion that she never left. And I think that hope can be a catalyst for change, but it's really our actions that get us where we want to go. And so she was passionate about God. Now, can you imagine coming here to church and never leaving? Some of you might be feeling, I'm feeling that way right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are like, what time is this over? Because I want to go to lunch. Um, but she was there all the time, day and night, fasting and prayer. There's an intensity to Anna and her prayers. And the fact that she's fasting, it means that she is grieving, that she is, knows that something is wrong, and she is waiting with her whole being for God to set it right. Both Simeon and Anna are living their lives in the hope of the coming Messiah until it becomes a reality. And verse 8 says that God, God is so cool, God allows Anna to overhear Simeon talking to Mary and Joseph. And in verse 3 it says she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God because she overheard what he had said. And then it says she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna, Jesus and his parents. It's an encounter that's easy to pass over. It might just look like two elderly folks in church ooing and aahing over a new baby, congratulating the parents. We do that all the time, don't we? But it's this pivotal moment in Simeon and Anna before this encounter with Jesus Having faith meant waiting. Now, everything has changed. Jesus has ushered in a new and glorious more. Now, having faith means following. And then I love that the word that is used about talking, it's continuously talking. 
<laughs> so you have Anna, and it says she's continuously talking about the child to anyone and everyone who will listen to her, to all who have a hope of the coming Messiah. Anna is teaching a lesson of epic proportions to us. The new and glorious morning, it's not just about remembering what Jesus did. It's about joining him in what he is doing. See, Jesus is reborn in us and for us, but he's also reborn into our world through us. And we are living in a dark and weary world right now. John chapter 1 says, Jesus brought, Jesus' life brought light to everyone. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not have the power to extinguish it. And Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. And then he said to his followers, you are the light of the world. God is here. Emmanuel, God with us, in us, shining through us. Wherever there is light and darkness, guess what? Light wins. Light penetrates the darkness. We see it in the reality of the natural world around us, and we experience that reality as God's light penetrates the darkest places in our hearts and gives us new life. Meadow Park, I'm excited for what God is doing. I'm excited for 2022. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you're struggling to hold on to that reality, let me ring that bell of hope for you. Don't lose hope. God isn't done. I truly believe the best is yet to come. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you won't sit at the stop, top of the stairs and peer through the banisters and just observe. My prayer is that you'll come down, that you'll dig in, that you'll receive the gift of Emmanuel, God with you. The gift of a savior who will forgive your sins. The gift of a wonderful counselor, mighty God, and everlasting father. The gift of a prince of peace. This Christmas, I pray you'll wake up to a new and glorious morn. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Simeon and Anna and for their faith and for their rejoicing. And just as Simeon had the promise that he would not die until he saw you, I just, that's my prayer, God, that none of us would leave this world without seeing you, without knowing you as Messiah, as Savior, as Lord. And so we just thank you for today and thank you for your love for us, which is more than we can comprehend. We thank you that you have made a way for us to live in a new and glorious morn with Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.